Okay, welcome everybody. Um, today we have an extra, extra special guest today. It's actually my very first international guest, which is amazing. Uh, the beautiful Jennifer Scribner reached out to me and um, has we've connected basically over several different things. Um, one that we have both done the GAPS intro diet, so that is really, really cool. Um, but Jennifer's actually way above and beyond me. She's actually a nutritional therapy practitioner. She's a certified GAPS diet practitioner. And she has the most amazing book called From Mac and Cheese to Veggies, Please, which, by the way, is an amazing title. I love it. <laughs> um, we're going to be talking a lot about her book, but um, the crux of it, I'm going to let Jennifer explain what it is, but it's uh, really targeted towards parents who have uh, children who are really picky eaters. And we're going to go into that in a lot more detail soon. But um, I just want to let you a little bit know about Jennifer. I've read her amazing blog and I highly recommend that you check it out because I spent the good part of yesterday afternoon when I should have been doing work <laughs> reading your blog articles and they're amazing uh, and I'll give all the details to Jen's um, um, website and whatnot so you can check all that out on, in the show notes. Um, but what I, why I've really connected with Jennifer is that she comes from a truly holistic approach when it comes to health um, which as you know if you've read my blogs um, and my podcast that's something that's very close to my heart um, and she considers you know a non-toxic home a non-toxic body um, and she also considers mindset which I love because I think a lot of practitioners out there don't take that into consideration and I think that's really really important um, and she's really passionate about children's health, which is something that's really close to my heart as well. If you watch any of my videos, I do tend to sort of reach out to parents to teach them how to, you know, feed their children really healthily. Um, and a couple of little crazy things that um, I connected with Jennifer about is that she really promotes enemas. And I know that's a really strange thing to say, but I'm a big fan of enemas. And I really hope to break down that barrier of fear between people because they are such a great health thing. Um, and essential oils, we both have a love for essential oils and how they can be used um, for non-toxic body and non-toxic home. So enough about me rabbiting on. Let's get straight into it. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you. This is also my first international podcast. So this, <laughs> this is, is all very new for both of us. So forgive us if we go a little bit askew here and there. So my first question to you um, is obviously about um, just a little bit of your own health history. Um, don't have to go into too much detail, of course, but just how you came about. I've read your story on your blog and on, a, on your about page, um, but how it came about for you to become a nutritional therapy practitioner um, and also a certified GAPS practitioner. Well, I had acne and I was in my 30s and I felt like that should have disappeared the day I graduated from high school. <laughs> there was a point where I just got really fed up with it and I had been to the dermatologist and done their protocols. I had, you know, spent who knows how many dollars <laughs> at the, you know, drugstores and the department stores and all types of skincare and things would work for a little bit, but not long term. And I just knew in my heart that there was something going on inside me. And so I started delving into what foods really support skin health, you know, what diet could make a difference and sort of made up my own cleanse because I had discovered the, you know, talk about inflammation, nutritional deficiencies and things like zinc and not getting enough protein. And I was kind of a junk food vegetarian at the time. So that had a lot to do with it. <laughs> and I, for three months, just added more protein, ate more whole foods, went organic, 
not, and, and it, my skin got worse at first, which I didn't realize at the time was this detoxification response, but it also, and I had stopped using products at the same time that I, I really scaled back and tried to use really natural things, which I thought I had been doing before, but I didn't know that natural is just something on the front of a package. It doesn't have any regulation. So I ended up with clearer skin, but also with so much more energy with um, less sleep need and just feeling so good. And I just became sort of a relig- like a zealot about these whole foods diets. <laughs> really got into real food instead of eating processed food. And I thought that I, you know, I'd been cooking at home, but I wasn't really eating real foods. And during that time, I went back to eating meat as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was very particular about the sourcing and the quality and, you know, the life that that animal had lived. But that made a big difference in my body. It wasn't really appropriate for my physiology to be vegetarian. So those were a lot of the ahas that I had. And during that process, I flipped through a magazine and found an advertisement for the Nutritional Therapy Association, which was a training program. And I just looked them up online and it turned out that they were teaching what I had just learned about myself. And I didn't have any intention to have a new career. It just felt like that bolt of lightning moment where I just wanted to do it. This was the next step for something. And I signed up for the program that began that next fall. And once I got a couple of classes in, I just felt like this is who I am. I have to make this a career somehow that it really was my calling. And while I was in school was when I had heard about the GAPS diet. And you hear so many wonderful stories about GAPS and the healing that happens with people who've had such chronic illness. And so I wanted to try that myself. But I was waiting until I was done with school. I was waiting until my birthday passed so I could have that last cake. Everybody waits before they go on GAPS. It's so daunting. Yeah. And that's been my experience as a GAPS practitioner. Most people have waited one year, sometimes two years, from when they heard about it for when they're really ready to do it. Because it tends to be a last resort. It's a lot of... It's overwhelming to think, oh, I have to make all my food from home. I have to learn this different cooking. And we did it as a household, my husband and a housemate at the time. And they were really gung-ho about it. And that helped me. I don't know if I would have done it without their support. It would have been really challenging to have people eating other things in those early stages when I was hangry, you know, and just wanted to (laughs) eat all the foods that I couldn't eat. (laughs) Even things like, you know, raw kale. (laughs) <laughs> that just aren't on the intro diet. There were things that I would, you know, or an apple were things that I would crave at first. And so having everybody on board really helped to get through those times and really see so many further benefits in my skin, in my energy, and especially in my mental clarity. And once I got into this whole path of sharing nutrition, I am really driven and really passionate about that. So I don't have time to feel tired or to have brain fog. I have a lot of plans yeah. <laughs> and a lot of ideas and a lot of ways I want to help people. So that was the most crucial change for me at that point because I'd recovered a lot of my own health through my steps up to that point. But that mental clarity just can't be beat. And that's always my gauge as to whether my current diet is working or not, because I don't follow the GAPS diet any longer, but I can see what foods I can bring in that keep me with the same results that I had when I went on it. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. That mental clarity is such a good gauge for me as well. And I think that's something that is an unexpected 
Um, for a lot of people that go on gaps, I think they do do it for more of a, a, either a gut issue or some kind of more physical kind of issue. And it's a really added bonus for them. But for me, I think it's the biggest bonus of all, because if you've got that mental clarity, then you've actually got the almost a better capacity to do things like gaps or to stay on a healthy eating protocol, you know, so it kind of all just sort of goes back and it's a bit of a to and a fro there, which is why I love that you do the mindset because it is so important. It's very hard to keep help quote unquote healthy if you're in brain fog because you just can't find the mental energy to get into the kitchen and cook something from scratch. You just want something quick, easy and just get back on the couch because you're so tired. Um, so I'm glad that you yeah. raised that. Yeah, exactly. And once you get into the GAPS diet or whatever healthy eating is appropriate for you, you start feeling those gains. You have the time to do the cooking and do those other things because you feel so much better that it really isn't so time consuming because you're, you're freed up to focus on what needs to be done. And of course, you become much more efficient at your systems of cooking and planning your meals within the first couple of months of such a dramatic change like that. Exactly, exactly. So I wanted to dive into your book because um, I admit I haven't read all of it. I've got to I've got a fair way into it, but um, amazing, absolutely. Where has this been? Because I've got so many girlfriends whose children are now in their sort of you know preteen age, but they really could have done with this book, you know, five six years ago when they've gone through the the toddler stage and the five year old stage. Where you know I've got one girlfriend who whose little boy wouldn't only eat just hot chips. I don't know what you call them over there, like hot potato chips. I'm not sure what you call them in America. Yeah, French fries. Um, French fries, yes. Yeah. So, you know, she was beside herself, you know, for a couple of years, that's all he would eat. Um, and, of course, he's grown up now and he's, he's died, thankfully, he's expanded. But, um, you know, if I'd known about this book, it could have saved her so many tears um, and angst and worry. Um, so tell me about what the book is about and what inspired you to write it. Well, the book is called From Mac and Cheese to Veggies, Please, How to Get Your Kids to Eat New Foods in Picky Eating Forever and Stay Sane in the Process. So we're covering all those bases of mindset there as well. And it was something I was thinking about for a few years. And it started out as just an aspect of helping the families I worked with on the GAPS diet because I worked primarily with children on the autism spectrum, with sensory processing disorder, with severe food allergies, kids that were often very picky might eat those five foods. And that was the biggest fear that the parents had was how am I going to make this shift? And we did it every time the kids didn't starve to death. (laughs) And I started getting questions from other practitioners about how I was doing this as well, other GAPS practitioners on the forums, and sharing this information with them and with other parents. And so I thought it was really just about the GAPS diet. But what I realized over time was that this is a real sticking point for parents making any type of diet change. So what the book evolved into being was not about a particular diet, but the steps that you can take to, you know, first your mindset and also how to prepare your home how to, you know, gather support amongst your friends and family Mm -hmm. so that you can make this change, make it manageable. There's a few different ways, methods that you could use depending on your age of your child, your family circumstances, and then what to expect when you do make that change. Because just like happened with my acne getting worse those first couple of weeks that I changed my diet, that is going to happen with your kids as well. I don't want to sugarcoat it and make it seem like it's going to be all, you know, rainbows and unicorns when you you put your foot down on this. Your kids will be upset. They will probably have a tantrum. They will, you know, be angry at you. 
we have to ride that out. And also there can be changes in their digestive function. You know, maybe they become constipated, maybe they're sick to their stomach. So I talk about both the, the mental preparation aspects, but also the physical things to look out for and how to handle them. Then, you know, towards the end of the book is a lot of how to, you know, deal with eczema, how to manage bedwetting, those type of things that might crop up, as well as some suggestions for when your kid won't eat something that's part of the plan that you're working on. How can you, you know, get a broth in or get a fermented food in, in a more creative way? Because these are all things that I'm, that I've worked with, with my clients who have kids with texture sensitivity issues or, you know, colors don't work for them for of certain foods. So how do we handle all that stuff? But I wanted to just kind of dump that all down so people can go through my process and get them off the fence when they know that they need to make this change. Because it doesn't, not every child grows out of this. You know, there is a certain period of life where we refer to, you know, especially toddlers as picky, but that is a normal pickiness is when they may really want to eat five bananas in one day, but the next day they want to eat a bunch of meatballs and they will rotate through those things. The type of pickiness where your kids really only eat a few foods or where they only eat processed foods or carbohydrates, that is not something that we so readily grow out of. And we do see that in a lot of adults as well who Absolutely. are alive, they are managing to get by, but they're eating a lot of chips. They're eating a lot of fast food, processed food, you know, not very many vegetables. They're not really getting the nutrition that they need to feel optimal. Absolutely. And that's what we want to shift the kids into as young as possible. Yeah, it's such an amazing book. I love uh, that from what um, the, I think we got to about chapter seven, but the fact that you, as you said, you don't sugarcoat anything. I just love this really, you just like head on. I'm not going to, you are going to experience X, Y, Z. And you're just so really, just really honest with it. And I think that a lot of parents are going to read this and go, well, there's no, you don't leave a lot of room for excuses because you just, you're basically taking your head on, you know, you are going to get a tantrum or you are going to get resistance or they might even risk, you know, not eat for two days, but that's okay. They're not going to die. That you really mm-hmm. address all of these worries or fears that parents will have. Um, and they then, you know, mold those fears into excuses and postpone and postpone. But what I hope that everyone will get when they read your book is um, that, you know, this can be done and that, you know, you're here for support um, and not to let fear um, be the driving force for your children's health, you know, to actually say the health of the child should come before any kind of fears that you may have because this is really serious stuff. As you said, this goes on into adulthood or at least into teenage years, where you then start getting to an addiction almost because they're addicted to sugars or Mm -hmm. certain types of fats. And then breaking addictions is even harder. (laughs) So, And that's how I felt, you know, I with my sugar eating, my junk food vegetarianism, there was a lot of candy involved in that. (laughs) And there was a whole, you know, system propping up my sugar addiction through that. So I had that experience myself. I wasn't, you know, a five food type of picky eater, but I was definitely quite picky, you know, even through my 20s. And there was a lot of things I didn't want to try. And so being able to come out of that mindset. And it's also you know, at the same time that I'm really realistic, I'm also very encouraging to people because it's the matter of fact, it's like, yeah, these things are going to happen, but it's worth it. And you can do this. And the period of time where it's difficult and where it's a struggle is so short when you look back. 
when you're standing in front of this situation and you're feeling very fearful, you are afraid this is going to drag on forever and it's going to be miserable and your life is always going to be this fight. But when you get a month down the road and your child is pulling out a piece of broccoli and saying, hmm, and it was not something they would ever touch before, it's all worth it. Absolutely. And it gets easier. And there's also so many of those other health benefits. And maybe your child doesn't have autism, but do they catch every cold that comes around the school? Do they have bouts of eczema? Are they dealing with asthma? All of these things are correctable through diet and lifestyle choices and creating that non-toxic home. All of those pieces lead into this. So when your kid's picky and you feel like it's just annoying, you might want to take a step back and look at what their overall health is because the average health doesn't really mean that your child is healthy just because they're typical because so many of our kids are not very healthy (laughs) and we just consider them normal. But I want your kids to be optimal. I want all of our kids to be optimal and very high functioning to take on whatever they are meant to do in life, as well as to make your life easier as a parent because their moods are easier to manage, bedtime's easier, all those day-to-day things. That's right. I think that you've really touched on a really valid point. I won't go too much down there because I'm obviously conscious of your time, but I think that that is a bit of a danger in our modern-day society. In America and Australia are quite similar in a lot of ways. And I think that the danger that I see when I speak to a lot of mothers is that this is this normalcy that seems to have been now... um, folded over uh, children um, oh it's 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 you know it's normal for them to have a cold every two weeks because they go to daycare or childcare or whatever you call it in America um, or you know it's normal for asthma because you know oh, I've got a little bit of asthma myself so it's probably just hereditary but they don't realize that their health is just as compromised as their children's and I think that it would be a great thing for adults to actually go through your book and to implement these changes together with their child because I think they would have seen improvement in their health as well, you know, and obviously lead by example. So, yeah, there's just so many things that I love. Your whole approach to this is so needed and I'm just so grateful that we've sort of you've connected and that this message is going to get out to more and more people because everything that you say I just could not agree with more. So it's wonderful to meet a kindred spirit like that. Um, we kind of very touched on very briefly sort of you know, the physiology, you know, behind the pickiness um, and why picky eating is more than just a nuisance. But if you wanted to expand on that a little bit more. Yeah. So sometimes it can be just that sugar addiction that you mentioned. And when we have a lot of sugar in the diet and a lot of processed foods, that changes the microbiome or the, the flora that's in the gut. And those, many of those species really crave sugar. And this is most apparent if you're the kind of person or if you see this in your kid where you're eating some junk food and you know you're not enjoying it anymore and you can't stop yourself. You say, why am I doing this? I'm not even tasting this. This isn't good. I've had enough, but you still keep eating it. I don't think that is a personal or a moral failing. I think that's our gut flora prompting us to feed it what it wants so that it can proliferate and it can, you know, keep us imbalanced in that way. So that's a really big factor when our kids are preferring carbohydrates and preferring the simple sugars a lot. But there can also be other issues that we're not aware of. There can be physiological or structural things in the mouth with something like a lip tie or a tongue tie where chewing isn't easy. And you might notice this in a baby where they don't latch if you're trying to breastfeed. That can be one of the first signs that comes up. If you're, you know, had trouble with that, that can be a sign that there's actually 
something that needs to be changed structurally in the mouth. And there are like laser revision that you can do for that, that helps your child with chewing, but it can also affect the taste of things. If we have a lot of toxicity in the mouth and we're eating, especially vegetables and products that are detoxing, that can start pulling things from the mucous membranes within the mouth, and that can alter the taste of foods. And where you might see something like this in an adult is when they've had a major surgery or gone through a chemotherapy, and they'll say, oh, you know, strawberries sound so delicious, but I put them in my mouth and they taste like metal. So these are the kind of things that some of our kids are experiencing that they can't express to us, and we just feel like they're being picky for no reason, and what's wrong with you not wanting to have these type of things. But there can be issues within the mouth, issues within the connection between the taste buds and the brain that are driving some of this, particularly when you have kids that are, you know, towards the autism spectrum, ADHD, learning disabilities, we tend to see more of that type of thing. Definitely. And that's, I've, I've never really thought about that, especially I think young mothers who, um, a lot of young mothers have problems with babies who don't latch. Um, and you know, um, I, I'm very interested in chiropractic work and I know that a lot of babies, um, do have a lot of trauma when they go through that birth canal and a lot of things can get unaligned or whatever the case may be. So, um, that's a really interesting point. And I couldn't agree more about, um, I, for my personal journey, when I started eating whole foods and going off any kind of process, now, if I have anything from a restaurant or something that I haven't prepared myself, I find that my taste buds are so much more in tune and I can really taste when something is very preservative preservative laden or additive laden because I can actually taste it. and people kind of think I'm just it's all in my head but I'm now noticing that my partner Darren has said the same thing um, a couple of weekends ago he just treated himself quote unquote treated himself to some processed um, and he ate it and he said my brain feels really weird and it tasted really strange because he's now transitioning out of that as well so absolutely 100% I couldn't agree more that and like you said children can't express that they don't have the the, the way to express it, they don't have the the um the words, and they don't um, have the knowledge to express it. This tastes metallic, or whatever the case may be. So, really, mm -hmm. really interesting. I love that. Um, one of the parts in your book, I think it's chapter three that I loved, was the methods that you go through um, to change your kids' eating habits. Um, and I love the cold turkey one. I think I've already messaged you saying I just love that because I, I personally am. I'm not a parent, so I can I can say, you know, oh, that would be the best way to go. But, of course, in reality, that might not be the best way to go. But I just think, you know, that's the way just straight out, just, you know, everything out of the pantry and fridge and just go for it. Um, but, yeah, I'd like you to expand that. If, if, you've, if you've got time, just to sort of maybe just touch on each of the three things that you mentioned in your book, the three methods. Sure. The first method is ABA or applied behavior analysis. And that's something that's commonly used in autism or other children with learning disability. And it's something that parents do naturally as well, where you reward your child for doing something that you want them to do. So this is a strategy that you can use in particular, if you're already using that within your child's learning program. But for some people that works very well, if your child is amenable to saying, okay, well, you can have you know, a few minutes of this video after you have a few bites of this meal and you can kind of use this as a reward system. And in the book, I go into a little bit more detail about the rewards, but you want to pick something that's very exciting to your child. That's really going to motivate them. And then you, as they get to that level that you want at first, you move the reward and it requires a little bit more to get it. And so before too long, you can have them eating, you know, the full plate of food that you are interested in them actually having. <laughs> um, 
The second method is to back into it. And this is often used with older children or with parents who are very busy or who don't have a lot of control over their child's diet so much, where you just choose one or two things, you know, something that you want to add in and you start crowding out the other stuff. And so, you know, maybe you're adding in fermented foods, maybe you're adding in a soup one night a week and you just kind of work your way back. It can be much slower, but you're still gonna get there. And if the alternative is not doing it ever, then back into it. (laughs) Absolutely. And cold turkey, like you mentioned, that's my favorite method because it's the quickest. And cold turkey is, we're changing the food as of right now and that's it, we're not eating the other stuff and we don't care how you feel about it. Like. We're ripping off the Band-Aid. <laughs> there is, we're not going back. And if you refuse to eat this, that's your choice. We will wait you out. At some point, you will eat the things that we're offering. You're not going to starve to death. We're going to keep you hydrated and continuing to offer the child whatever the food is on this new diet plan that you're doing. And especially with something like the GAPS diet or another healing diet, or when you have a really serious issue, this can be the simplest way to go because you've, you know, you've just cut things off. You're diving into the new plan. You're just going to take it as it comes then. And you're, when your child really understands that they aren't going to argue your way out of this. They aren't going to cry and, you know, pull on your heartstrings to where you're going to give into the old foods. When they feel that it is really real and they can't win something, they will eat the foods that you're offering. And once they start doing that, that's when they start getting the nutrition and their taste buds adjust and it becomes easier and easier because it's we need to get that food into them to get them used to it and to get the nourishment in that helps things like the detoxification within the brain to happen so things do taste better. Absolutely. Would you say, because I'm going to lead into mindset now, but just sort of basing, backing off what you've just said, when you deal with and, and treat people, do you often look at their personality of the adult or of the child and perhaps suggest one method over another? Or do you sort of leave that up to the parent and say, well, I know my child best and I think that cold turkey is just not going to work because my kid's the most stubborn child in the world and they're going to dig their heels in and or I know that I'm too soft and I know that as soon as they have a tantrum and start crying, I'll give in and I'll cave. So does that ever come into play when you do have a one-on-one consult with people about this? Sometimes. Most people that I've worked with one-on-one, we have done the cold turkey method. It, it, does, it depends more on the lifestyle because I have a preference when I'm working with people to let's get it over with, you know, let's just dive in and I'm here for your support. The most important thing is that mindset. And when you start, whatever method you start, you can't be wishy-washy. You've got to go with it because if you give in and you, you back off of what your plan is, then your child will feel like they have kind of won this battle. And then they're going to put up more of a fight when you get back to it as well. So you have to choose the method that you can stick with. And you have to be really real with yourself because sometimes as parents, we will play these tricks on ourselves, partly because we don't want to work on our own diet. We might want more for our children, but we don't want to give up, you know, our secret stuff that we're going to eat after they go to bed. (laughs) So we play some of those mind games. And that is something we really need to get straight with ourselves in order to be able to stick with this as well. But when it comes to mindset, you know, everyone in the household being in agreement is really important. People that are at school or at a daycare, 
you know, sitting down and having a conversation with them and saying, this is what we're doing. This is why. And making sure that they are on board and your other people can't police your kids all the time, but you want to get their support and get their understanding so that that energy is, is solid around the kid and that everyone is on the same page and everyone is cooperating because when you are determined and you have the mindset, right. Our kids really respond to that so much. They pick up so much from our energy. And I've seen this most early on when I started counseling families around this. And I would usually work with mom and we would start cold turkey method. We'd do the GAPS diet. They'd start on Monday, Thursday. Dad would call me so angry. His wife is crying. The kids aren't eating. Everything is chaotic. Why am I doing this to them? (laughs) And I would have a long conversation that would basically be getting dad on board and explaining what we we're going for. The end of the call, the kids would, or the next day, the kids would eat, you know, once he finally bought in and that was a mistake I made early on that I corrected later where I realized everybody needs to be on board and be within the same energy because if the kids sense that someone's going to take pity on them, they will play on that and they will struggle harder and harder. So that's part of why the mindset and this overall energetic preparation is so crucial. Yeah, you do cover that off and um, even going as far as I think sometimes grandparents can be a little bit of a, um, I guess, a a, a nuisance rather than an ally because they tend to play that, oh, but they just need, you know, here's a little lolly just to, you know, just one won't hurt. So I think that's really, really important that you do, um, that everyone takes that as a big big takeaway for today is you really, obviously mum and dad, but then just the immediate family and then, of course, school and childcare, daycare, things like that. You have to really take this seriously and get this whole team behind you because you're going to need the support as well as the parents. And you're going to be able to call, you know, your own parents and say this is really tough and, you know, perhaps they can, you know, carry the baton for you for a couple of hours while you go out and have a good cry in the backyard <laughs> and they can take over for a little while. So, again, I love that you, you really acknowledge that and, and cover that off in your book. So, um, you know, I think just mindset in general, even that can just be applied to adults who are trying to change their um, you know, their diet, um, you know, bringing your partner involved, making them involved. They don't have to go on that journey with you, but at least having them as a support mechanism. And that's sometimes really hard for, for relationships because all of a sudden you can't go to those restaurants anymore because they don't have anything on the menu that will, you know, cater to your needs. And so things do shift in your social life and things like that. So it can be really tricky. But um, I think that if people can come from the point that will, it's, it's in my health and, you know, we want to live a long, happy life together. This is what I need to do to, to make some changes. And that partner who's making the changes is going to be a better partner in general because they're going to be happier and healthier and the mind fog is going to be gone and things like that. So I think, as I said before, I think there's a lot of things in your book that can really be applied to adults as well. There's just some really good, solid foundational methods and information in there that people can apply to their own lives, even if they don't have a picky eater or they don't have children. Just still read this book because it's going to give you um, the confidence to actually make some own your own changes in your own diet and lifestyle. So again, thank you for that. Um, um, and mindful of the time. So what I wanted to do just to wrap up, um, you did mention that obviously your book is available. Can you just run through where people can get that? And, and if you know, because I think everyone should have this. Every single parent needs to read this book. So whereabouts can they purchase it from? Yeah, so it's available worldwide on Amazon.com. So you can search within your country and. Um, Right now, it's the, until April 
14th. It's on sale for 99 cents for the Kindle version. So you can download it very inexpensively, but it's also available as paperback and hardback as well. And then beyond that, you can come to my website at bodywisdomnutrition.com. And I have a section on there that's for parents that talks about the book and there's blog articles that can expand on some of the topics as well. Amazing, Jennifer. I do. I will definitely be linking to everything that all of your socials um, in the show notes because I really highly encourage everyone who's listening um, to please check out Jennifer's website, her blog. Just your, your blog blew me away with the quality of your articles. They're, they're short enough to read so you don't have to, you know, wade through a whole long, you know, but just really easy to understand, um, covering every kind of topic that so many people who are practitioners like yourself sometimes just focus on one thing. It's all about the food and the diet, but yours just expands so beautifully across so many different areas. Um, you also do your tapping which um, I'd love to have you on the show again, hopefully in the future about that, because I've, I'm really interested yes. in myself. I have heard about it in the past. I think that's something that really people, more people need, need to know about. Um, mm-hmm. Again, you, you're just touching on some of your, your own personal life as well and the struggles that you've had, so you just keep it really real, which I yeah. love. Um, so I think we'll wrap it up there. But as I said, I would love to have you on the show again, because I would love for us to dive deeper into the gaps. I have mentioned that I've been on gaps and obviously you have completed gaps and it's something that I'm quite passionate about that I think that a lot of people can really benefit from and perhaps if we can dispel some of the fear and some of the um, misconception about it and that it can be achievable and and it can be done um, and how wonderful healing it can be. Sorry, that's my dogs barking at the birds in the backyard. Um, So is there anything else that you wanted to just leave with us? I just want to leave with the idea that you can do this if this is something that's been on your mind when you know that your kid has an issue that's a little bit more than just an annoyance, that there's, it takes some preparation, but to get started now, to take a step now and to really view this as an experiment, that's how I see all of my work with kids is everybody's individual and unique and we're going to make this little change and we're going to see what happens and then we're going to make the next change and it's not going to be some overnight miracle, but we just keep taking steps because what choice do we have? We want that better life. That's what we're going for. And we just need to keep moving forward on that. There's no parent out there listening that I think would not want the absolute best optimal health for their child. And I think sometimes, especially in this day and age with the internet, there is so much conflicting information out there as well. So perhaps it becomes so overwhelming that they just get paralyzed um, yeah. and they go, well, I don't know which way to go, what's best for my child. Um, but you really do break it down such, a, such basic steps that, um, and just really solid, um, it's nothing too extreme. There's no, you know, quote unquote, fat, fatness about it. There's no like fad diet or um, this is just solid, basic good quality nutrition. And as we said, there's, there's different solutions for different types of personalities, um, different types of health issues that each child has. Um, mm-hmm. I just implore, as I said, everyone who is a parent, and even if your child isn't as a picky eater, that you just perhaps want to expand their um, dietary choices. This is another book that can still be, you know, you can start, in, uh, if you want to start introducing more foods into their, if they're not particularly picky, but you just want to expand their their um their diet then this is another way that this book can help so thank you so much for writing it and for doing the work that you do it is amazing and it is so important and i really hope that we can have you back on the show again very very soon 
Yeah, I'd be happy to. Thank you. Thank you so much. Everyone, just check out those show notes, please. Um, as Jennifer said, it's um, the, the book is currently on sale until the 14th of April. So please, please take advantage of that offer. Um, and if you want to reach out to Jennifer, all of her details will be in the show notes. Thank you, Jennifer, and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>